What's up, sports fans? You're listening to In the Field Podcast, your source for all things sports. Back at you on this beautiful Sunday afternoon with episode 12, and it's our favorite show of the week, our all-football podcast. Here to chop it up with me again, as always, is my co-host, John. How you feeling today, John? Doing good, man. It's a beautiful day outside, like you said. So happy the spring weather's starting to kick in. Yeah, man. You know, and, uh, you know, as quickly as the football season just ended, we all we've already got spring practice happening for over in Columbus for Ohio State. So, you know, we're trucking along here, moving along, getting ready to to the you know countdown to opening or countdown to opening day. Yeah, uh, spring breaking for me, like you said, uh, just reminds me of spring football for the Buckeyes. So we're excited about that. Uh, the spring game uh, next month in April. So, yeah, definitely excited. Let's get to the rundown here. Uh, we'll talk about – I know we brought up brought up the Buckeyes, uh, but this will be mostly NFL uh, show today here. We'll talk about the Dak uh, Prescott contract extension. Uh, we'll update you on the CBA um, negotiations, and then we'll do some NFL free agency. And if we have time at the end, we'll do uh, – a top 10 mock draft for you guys here. So we'll start off with the Dak contract extension. Um, it's reported that the Cowboys offer Dak Prescott $105 million guaranteed, uh, which would be $33 million a season. Um, Prescott's 26. Um, he's coming off a 30 touchdown, um, 11 interception season, 4,900 yards. Um, how do you feel about the Cowboys giving Dak this type of money, John? I, I think it's a an okay move by them to make this offer. Um, I know this has been a hot topic on social since the since the news broke last night uh, that came down that they made this offer. But you know, and people are a little split on it, even Cowboys fans. But you know, when you just look at the tra- trajectory of the salary cap and the fact that it's in- increased so much over the past decade and it continues each year to go up, we're seeing another $12 million increase on the cap this season. When you look at it like that, I don't think $33 million as an average salary would be you know, too, too bad for a guy in Dak's position, especially when you consider that they're actually talking about adding in a completely separate salary cap for quarterbacks with this new CBA. And if that were to happen, then that'll just make this deal all the better. But with that said, though, he's still got to accept it. And, uh, you know, if we want to believe the reports, he's looking for more around $40 million a year. And, you know, there's been some contradictions that's been getting floated around on that, so we don't really know what's true and what isn't. But, you know, if he, if he, doesn't ex- if he does not accept this deal, though, then that, that would really put Dallas in a tough spot. Yeah, um... Not only um, would it put Dallas in a in a tough spot, I feel like it would put uh, Prescott in a tough spot for this upcoming season. I feel like if he doesn't uh, accept this deal, uh, I don't know if he gets the deal he wants. He may end up getting slapped with the franchise tag, uh, which the franchise tag must be slapped on players by March 12th at 4 p.m., so um, that's that's coming up here right around. So that's next Thursday. Yeah, so that's uh, this coming Thursday. Uh, Prescott would have to be slapped with the franchise tag. So yeah, that's a that's a huge number, 105 million, and that's all guaranteed money. Um, so that's the big part of it. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, 
we talked about it before we even got on uh, air here. Um, I kind of feel that, like we said, he's only 26 years old. Um, a lot of people will look at Dak Prescott as what he is now, um, which he's, he, I, I would say over the past, uh, his first four seasons, he was an average quarterback, but I did see strides. I mean, you know, I'm the biggest cow, Cowboy fan there is, and I watch every game, and I do see uh, strides from Dak from year to year. Um, he continued to get better each and every year. Um, he went from a player who in his rookie year, you know, just game managed uh, to this year at times, you know, the Cowboys were the number one passing uh, attack in the year had in the league, rather had 2000 yard receivers, which a lot of people don't even know Dak threw for almost 5,000 yards, which, uh, you know, should just go to show that he got a lot better as a quarterback and the Cowboys were ever able to pass the ball a lot more. He got a lot better at throwing the ball down the field, which, uh, as a younger player, he wouldn't even do at all. He, he would take the check down almost every time, but I saw this past season, he took a lot of shots downfield shots that I never thought he would take as a quarterback, but he just got a lot of, a lot better, put the work in, um, so I actually feel good about them actually paying him. It's just the number that kind of, you know, makes me a little queasy. Um, this current deal that they offered him, I like that one. But if he um, declines that, like we said, and he, he ups the handy a little bit, um, like we've heard rumblings of him wanting $40 million per year. Um, if it gets to that number, I'd, I'd get to the point where I'm Dallas and I'd franchise tag him and then, you know, use him for a year and then see go from there and maybe – you know, you franchise tag him again next year and let him walk and try to find your quarterback of the future in the meantime. I mean, uh, if he goes any higher than this, that's where I would go with this. Yeah, and I'm pretty much right in line with you on that. I told you yesterday when we were speaking about this when the news first broke that they made the offer. If he declines this, then, I mean, there's no further discussions that need made. If I'm if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm immediately going straight to the uh, franchise tag. And, and to, but to your point, though, he, he has progressed definitely as a quarterback. And... Um, we saw in 2018, he was sacked 56 times that season. And last year, brought that number down, cut it up more than in half. He only, only took 23 sacks last year. And uh, despite having, you know, like you said, he's pushing the ball downfield a lot more. Last year was his highest yards per attempt average with 8.2 yep. yards per attempt. So, you know, they were definitely looking to push the ball downfield, which makes that sack number even more impressive because obviously – when you're throwing the ball downfield, that means you got to hold it a little bit longer to let those receivers get down there and run the routes. So uh, that also is a uh, kind of a testament to his decision making. I feel like you know, and his, uh, just his ability to get the ball out quickly. And I mean, when you take 50, 56 sacks, you know, with that offensive line, that's not a very good look. So he definitely did his part last year, and um, he's he's earned a, he's earned a raise, he's earned a contract extension. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but. You know, he just might have to come down on that price a little bit, though, because forty million a year. I'm, I don't think that's very realistic with the way that the the cap is done right now. The rest of the roster would probably uh, suffer a little bit if if that's the you know if he if he gets that. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at with it. Um, his touchdowns. I mean, he hasn't threw a lot of touchdowns over his first three years. He threw twenty three touchdowns, twenty two, and then twenty two again. And this past season, he jumped up to thirty touchdown passes, which is you know, 30 touchdown passes is about, you know, where you would want to see, you know, your star quarterback at. I mean, I don't want I don't want to be paying a guy that's only going to get me, you know, 22 to 25 touchdowns around there. Like if I'm if I'm paying a guy 
I want like thirty touchdowns. Yeah, know. thirty should be the bare minimum. That's that's the that's the you know the standard. I mean, right. I would want more, obviously, but at least thirty touchdown passes. You know, I Dak has um he had a lot of yardage, uh, but I just want to talk about this. A lot of that yardage was in games where Dallas got behind. Dallas got behind in a lot of games. They were a team that started off slow uh, almost every week. Uh, that was one of their, one of their problems. And then Dak would, in turn, have to uh, pass the ball a lot. Um, so where he got a lot of those yards was garbage time yards. Um, but I just wanted to point out some of the big games. Um, he didn't play as well. Um, if you want to pay the guy top dollar, you want a guy that's performing in the big games. And that's something I would bring to the table if I if I were the Dallas uh, Cowboys, you know, management. Uh, you got to play well in the big games. Dak has yet – he's only won one playoff game. I know he's uh, won two division titles in four years, which is very good. But I would definitely bring that to the table. Uh, you want your quarterback to win big games, uh, playoff games, but especially the big games. Uh, he played against uh, Philadelphia Eagle team um, at the end of this past season, and we saw where the Cowboys could only score um, – I don't even – I think they scored a touchdown, actually, uh, the last game against the Eagles. Um, it was just a pathetic performance on offense, uh, especially against the Eagle defense. That's not even, you know, not a very good defense at all, especially secondary-wise. Uh, Philly's just uh, not good in the secondary. So to see Dak play like that in, you know, a game that basically uh, just decided the division, that's, you know, just a little knock on him I might have. Uh, I just thought that was – and then – with all the injuries the Eagles had had as well, to see the Cowboys um, lose that game uh, kind of brought back memories of some Romo, you know, type deal. Like you got to get it done in those big games. Um, that's what it's all about for a quarterback, and especially one that wants to get paid the way Dak wants to get paid. Uh, just got a few more stats for you, real quick, um, to just to kind of you know shed some light on how much he did actually improve last year. Uh, for one, he led the league in uh, dropped passes. He had 36 of his throws dropped, and that uh, that was first in the league. Um, he had, if you if you look at the advanced passing passing statistics, they've now got you know they they categorize um, accurate throws, bad throws, all that stuff. And his bad throw percentage was 14.8 percent, which actually actually ranked sixth in the league. That was the sixth best sixth best margin in the league. Ahead of guys like Phil Rivers and Kirk Cousins, who actually, you know, Kirk Cousins especially has, you know, a reputation of being one of the more accurate passers in the game. So he's also ahead of Deshaun Watson, uh, Sam Darnold. I mean, there's a lot of Carson Wentz. There's a lot of guys on this uh, on this list that he's ahead of there. So, you know, that, that just shows that, I mean, they do have them a solid guy there that they can build a franchise around. But again, that number is just too large. I mean, it, you know, if if you take away that offensive line and the and Zeke and those receivers, you're going to have to you know lose out on some of those guys when you when you're taking up so much of the cap. So I don't know if he'd be able to do it without them. But you know, as as it stands right now, though, I mean, he they, he is a good player. So you know, I think extending him would be the right move. There's just got to be a middle ground there. That's the big thing. Um, you know, you have to you have to talk about too when you want to pay him this money. It's like uh, you're. Uh, they have a lot of they have majority of their offensive line already signed, um, so he wouldn't have to worry about losing any of those guys. Like you said, you still have to sign Amari Cooper um, to a long term contract as well. If not, then you could possibly franchise tag Amari. But um, 
And then Zeke signed long term, so his pieces are in place on offense, but uh, it would really affect the Cowboys' defense. Um, I talked about with you how um, after Romo received his contract, the Cowboys really never had a good defense after uh, from that point forward. Um, it was all, always a mediocre defense, and uh, the offense will have to carry the team. And uh, Romo was pretty good at doing that, uh, and it remains to be seen if Dak could do something like that. Uh, the Cowboys had – a decent defense last year, and um, hopefully they can, you know, if if Dak can be the guy that they're paying him to be, then it, it'll everything will, you know, fall into place. But if he's not uh, with a, you know, a less talented defense uh, because you can't pay certain guys, um, specifically guys like uh, Byron Jones, who's a free agent this year, and then we talked about uh, Robert Quinn as well who had double-digit sacks for the Dallas. And both of those two guys are looked at as guys who will most likely uh, the Dallas will have to let walk because of, um, you know, having to pay guys like Dak and Amari. So um, that's that's just what will happen to, you know, the Cowboys franchise from here forward. So it's all about do you think Dak can carry you, carry the team. So yeah, um, I mean, he's young, so maybe he'll get better. Who knows? You mentioned those two guys, and that's just how it's affecting the team right now. I mean, as it stands now, they've currently got $77 million in cap room. But, mm-hmm. you know, after they take care of Dak and Amari, I mean, that number's going to come down immensely. And, you know, also, you got to think, too, you're you're going to be signing this guy for probably five years at minimum, if not longer than that. So, yeah, like, you know, I mean, as we move forward, year three, year four, you know, those deals start to expire or the cap, you know, numbers gets inflated and you got to make some moves, release some guys. We don't, I mean, it's hard to project how that would affect the roster looking looking a few years ahead if they were to get that deal done. Yeah, like you said, the Cowboys um, are more than $75 million under the projected 2020 cap as of right now. But um, the Cowboys do not, even with all that cap space, they do not currently have enough uh, salary cap space to sign all four of the players um, of their top four free agents, Dak Prescott, um, Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, Robert Quinn, they do not have enough um, salary cap space to sign all four of these players at their um, current market value. So under, you know, projected value for each four of these players, the Cowboys wouldn't have enough money to sign all four. So like I said, the, the two defensive players will most likely be um, – you know, end up hitting the free agent market and probably most likely going elsewhere. Um, so that's how, you know, that's how this will affect the Cowboys. And, you know, that's what's where, it, where we're at, where it comes, you know, do you pay this guy? Is he worth it? Um, all those things. Uh, that's what you got to look at when it comes to that. So um, that's where we're at on the Dak Prescott uh, contract extension. We'll move on here. Um, talk about the CBA um, agreement, the, uh, NFL CBA update. We'll update you guys on that. Um, basically, uh, there's been a report that come that has come out uh, in regards to the owners. I'll let you uh, explain that a little further, John. There's rumors being you know published that they're hoping for this current proposed deal to get denied when the players go to vote for it this week, and uh, the reason being is because they think that they can get even a little more out of the, out of the negotiation than what they already have. Uh, they're looking to push an 18-game regular season now rather than 17 like the like the current proposed deal has. And, you know, obviously that would generate more revenue and, you know, TV ads and all that stuff. So, 
But um, for me personally, though, I, I think that this feels like a little bit of a smokescreen coming from the owners because we have seen them make it known through the media previously that um, they, they're telling the players that this current proposed deal that they're going to be voting on is the best deal that they're going to get. So I feel like, you know, coming out and, and making this statement with the 18-game regular season, I feel like that's just kind of like, you know, flexing their muscles a little bit and using kind of a little bit of a scare tactic, tactic to try to get the players to to approve this uh, deal that's on the table now. But I could be wrong about that, but I don't know. I just feel like the owners have done a lot of manipulating through the media during this whole process for months now, not just this. And I think that this is just another uh, another example of that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. When you brought this to my attention, uh, we talked about it. And, you know, as far as the 18 games goes, uh, that's been um, talked about for a few years now that, you know, that's been a threat that the owners will go to an 18-game schedule, which will really put stress on the players as far as, you know, uh, it's, it's been an argument if the owners are really worried about the player's safety um, and, you know, not even just the owners, but the commissioner, Roger Roger Goodell as well, if they're really worried about the player's safety, why would they, you know, um, want to have more games, you know, more wear and tear? So that's been a, a big debate. So I think you're right there. They are probably trying to, you know, scare the players into, you know, a point where you either take this deal or it could get worse from you. Uh, we could take things, we could add things, make it worse uh, in the future. Um, I've been reading on Twitter, uh, I've seen a lot of NFL players, you know, going back and forth um, as far as, you know, whether to vote no, whether to vote yes. And uh, that's been a big a big thing with the players. Um, the players that voted yes to the, you know, the proposed CBA, they're, they're thinking um, for the most part what I've seen is, we should take this deal because uh, they can they can make it even worse. Uh, a lot of players, a, a big uh, talking point was the percentage of money uh, being given to the players, which would be with the new proposed uh, CBA would be forty eight point five percent of the share, um, going up from forty seven percent. So it, you know they'd get that five. Uh, we talked about this on previous podcasts. They get an extra five billion, I believe, um, in revenue which is big for the players. It's split up between 1,700 players, but still it's just a big uh, jump in money. So that's been a big talking point. Uh, it could, you know, they're, they're, they've are they're been offered 48.5 now, but uh, if they don't take that, um, I've seen players on Twitter say, you know, what if they come back and they give us only 44%, they try to lower it, you know, or something like that along those lines, or add extra game, like you said. So it's just basically a fine line with the players. Um you can fight for, you know, what you think your fair value is, um, but you could also, you know, you got to remember who you're dealing with. A lot of these owners have, you know, that mentality, like I'm the boss, I'm the man, you know, we'll put you in your place type of thing. So that's basically where it seems like we're at with uh, this CBA. We just wanted to uh, point out the timeline. You said uh, Thursday, it's coming Thursday. Yeah, Thursday by um, 11.59, so basically midnight. That's the deadline for the players to submit their vote via you know online DocuSign and whatnot. So they'll have to um, get that in before then, and so we should have the uh, results, I would imagine, you know, sometime Friday. I mean, that's what I would think. But, you know, yeah, but back to your point, though, yeah, I really do. I think this is just a flex by the owners because, I mean, with all the – 
all the debate that's been going on just with them suggesting to add a 17th game, it just really makes no sense at all that they would also say, okay, well, then we're going to go for 18 games. You know, like they're just they're trying to put the guys that are kind of undecided as far as the players. I feel like they're trying to put them in a tough spot and kind of just sway them, you know, because, I mean, when, like I said, when you look at it, it just makes no sense at all to when, when this deal has been kind of split and, you know, divisional, it doesn't make sense to then come out and say, oh, well, I hope that they don't approve it because then we can, you know, basically screw them over anymore or even more. I just don't see how that makes sense. So I think that ultimately, though, it will work out. I mean, honestly, I think that they've played this shrewdly and kind of in a messed up way, immoral way, but I think it's going to work out for them. I think it'll do enough that the players will uh, – that the players will end up approving this because I think that they know at this point that if the owners are looking for an 18-game regular season after this, then there's no chance that that will get approved. So there would be a work stoppage and there would be a lockout. So I think because of that, just knowing that that's imminent, ultimately this this deal will get approved. Yeah, that's that's basically why we wanted to point out this story. I, I don't know if many NFL fans have been actually following um, this story, this, you know, this this power struggle, uh, if you will, but it's, it's very important for the NFL. It was like you said, there could be a work stoppage if no agreement is reached. And, uh, that's the last thing we want as NFL fans is, you know, to not have our football on Sundays and, you know, not have our fantasy football, all the, all that stuff. So that we definitely don't want to see that. So that's why this, uh, CBA announcement, um, this coming, well, I guess it was be Friday morning um, is very important um, and just, you know, something you should look out for as an NFL fan. Some other uh, key dates ahead on the NFL calendar that I want to point out, uh, March 12th at 4 p.m. Uh, the same day as the, you know, the CBA deadline um, at 4 p.m. The deadline is the deadline to use the franchise tag or the transition tag uh, on players, which that is a key date. Um, for guys like Dak Prescott, Amari uh, Cooper, you know, one of those guys could, and then along with the, many other guys, could be franchise tagged uh, by their teams uh, before that date, or you know, that's the date that they have to do it by. So that's a, a key date. And then also uh, March 16th at noon, uh, legal tampering window begins, which me and John talked about. Um, March 18th at 4 p.m. is when free agency begins, but uh, March 16th at noon, like we said, legal tampering window opens, which is basically when um, other teams can start talking to the players, um, other teams' players, and, you know, reach a tentative agreement towards a new contract uh, with the new team. So those are some big dates for the NFL that we wanted to point out. Um, yeah, so that's our update on the CBA. Moving on here, uh, NFL free agency. Uh, we'll talk about free agent tight ends as well as free agent offensive linemen. Uh, start off with the tight ends here. Uh, um, who are some names you like as far as the free agent tight ends, John? The tight end position is basically a two-man. Uh, two, there's two guys here at the front. Uh, we got Austin Hooper from the Falcons, who had his best season of his career to this point last season. Um, he had 75 catches for 787 yards and six touchdowns in 13 games. He's only 25 years old, so you know, still a lot of still a lot of games left ahead of him. His projected market value right now is about 10 million a year. Uh, they're calling for they they said to expect the contract about 50 million over five years. Uh, I, I I honestly think the Browns could be a player 
when it comes to Austin Hooper because there's been some um, discord in the front office regarding David Njoku and his inconsistencies and injury issues and problems catching the ball. So if they wanted to move on from Njoku, I think that they would be a uh, potential fit for Austin Hooper with the amount of cap space that they have. And same goes for the Bengals, actually. You know, if, if their ownership's willing to spend, that would be a nice little addition for them, not a little upgrade at the tight end spot for them as they're bringing in Joe Burrow to be the quarterback there. So uh, that's that's the update on Austin Hooper. And then number two would be Hunter Henry. Um, 55 catches, 652 yards, and five touchdowns in 12 games last year. He's also 25 years old, probably has just as much potential as Hooper, but, you know, given his injury his history, his projected deal is a little lower. They're, they're calling for four years at about $36 million. So with that uh, little, you know, less cash there, I think more teams could be in the running for him. Browns and Bengals, same thing goes for them when it comes to Hunter Henry, but as well as teams like Tex, the Houston Texans, Buffalo Bills, Green Bay Packers, those are just some teams just that I've looked at and looked at their cap situations, and I think that he would be a good fit uh, with those teams. But other than those two, I mean, there's some guys. We've got Jacob Hollister as a restricted free agent from Seattle. He'll probably remain there. Eric Ebron's also unrestricted. We've seen, you know, he, he's a guy with some good talent, but has been inconsistent. Uh, and your, your, your guy, Blake Jarwin from the Cowboys, is also unrestricted. And that's just the top five there, according to what I have. But like I said, though, mostly, though, it's all going to be about Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's pretty, you know, top-heavy as far as the tight ends go. But I do like the top two names, um, Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry, as you said. Uh, you said the Browns are linked to Austin Hooper. I think if they, you know, if they do go that route, they're really going to have to pay him. Like, he's only 25, um, coming off a great year uh, in Atlanta, a career year. Uh, 75 receptions, like you said, six touchdowns. Um and then almost 800 yards, and that was only in 13 games. So uh, he played very well. Uh, was a top fantasy tight end uh, last year as well. He's a big body, 6'4", 254 pounds. And not the fastest guy, but runs very good routes. Um, and, you know, can just use his body to become available for the quarterback. He's uh, a player I like. And if he goes to the right team, um, could be very interesting. Um, the Browns. I don't think the Browns need any weapons on offense. I don't know if that's just me. I just think uh, Baker just needs to play a little better, um, and they'll be fine as yeah. far as the Browns go. As far as the Browns, uh, upgrading the offensive line is definitely going to be the yeah. main focus, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I've just seen it on uh, The Athletic. The uh, One of the beat writers on there, Zach Jackson, just kind of mentioned uh, Hooper and Henry both as options should the front office want to move on from Njoku. Because Njoku can be released or traded with pretty much, you know, no penalty at all, given that he's still in his rookie deal. And like I said, they're they as of now they're sitting with about sixty million in cap space, but they're probably going to be releasing a few guys like Chris Hubbard and um, uh, Olivier Vernon at right end. And uh, so if they do that, those two moves alone would save about twenty five million in cap space. So that bumped them up, you know, pretty high in that regard. So. They would have the the space to make a move like that if they wanted to. I don't think it's likely, likely, but you know it is. It's a possibility, though. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm definitely uh, with you on Austin Hooper as far as you know him being a very good player. Uh, I I don't think it was the system. You know, I've seen a lot of people say that 
Yeah, Julio Jones there, you know, helped them out big time. The system that they run, I, I don't think that's the case. I just think he got progressively better um, over his time in Atlanta and eventually had the breakout 2019 season. Uh, made a Pro Bowl. Also made the Pro Bowl in 2018, too, which I didn't. Did you know that? I did not know that. I thought I thought 2019 was his first uh, Pro Bowl. Because I can tell you, I had him I had him in fantasy in 2018, and I remember being frustrated with him because he it seemed like he had, like, two really good games and then didn't do much the right. rest of the year. So. Yeah, so he made – he had 70 – let me see. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl um, in 2018 and 2019. But yeah, I didn't know about the twenty years, so he's he's really going to get paid. Uh, and t- another team that I can see him going to, I say this about a lot of players, but uh, this team will fit for a lot of players. Uh, the Patriots uh, replacing Gron- Gronkowski, um, they were one of the worst teams in the league as far as uh, tight end production. They ended up playing like thirty eight year old Ben Watson for majority of the season, so they're 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 hurting bad as far as. I don't know what their cap situations look like, but if they had the money, it would be a very good fit. Oh, yeah. On field, that would definitely be a good a good fit. But to, uh, to add on to you there, their cap situation, they're sitting with about 41 mil right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that they've got, you know, obviously they need to figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback position, as well as uh, yeah, Joe Thune, who's the right guard for them. He's one of the best guards in the league, and they're going to have to give him an extension as well if they want to retain him. So I've, I've, I've heard that he's going to end up uh, – they might not be in, in, end up uh, having to let him walk or whatever. I've, yeah, I've heard about yeah, that. Yeah, because from the sound of things, it's, it looks like he's going to be uh, looking for a market deal around what Zach Martin got a couple years ago, which is Oof, a, I think yeah. that was the biggest deal to a guard in the yeah. history of the league. So. Yeah, they might end up having to let him walk. I've yeah. seen that happen uh, over the years with uh, the Patriots. I don't even know if it's more so the system uh, with some of their offensive linemen or, you know, because uh, Nate Solder – Went to the Giants uh, from New England. Was very good for New England. It was horrible for the Giants. Um, so you know, I, I'd be wary of signing. <laughs> Definitely, we saw. We also saw it with Jamie Collins a, couple, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Was a Pro Bowl linebacker for the Patriots, and then they just abruptly trade him to the Browns, and he's trashed for two years. And then he goes back to New England last year, and he's good again. So yeah. I don't know, man. Belichick's a wizard. I don't know what Coaching, else to say about uh, it. Makes a big difference for sure. Having Tom Brady as a quarterback who gets the ball out, you know, one of the quickest guys in the league at getting the ball out, definitely helps you as an old lineman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and helps you get paid as well because we've seen a number of Patriots uh, offensive linemen leave and get paid elsewhere. Uh, but that's one thing the Patriots will do is let players go, uh, let somebody else pay them, and, you know, replace them and move on. So, yeah, um, a guy that I wanted to bring up um, – Eric Ebron, do you think he can ever be, like, a consistent star NFL tight end? Because I feel like he's the biggest wild card out of this free agent group. Uh, and then also Blake Jarwin, who's – he's not very big. That's his only knock on him. He's not the best blocker. But as far as a pass-catching tight end, Blake Jarwin's only 26. Um, and he's shown – you know, he's just shown, shown flashes of – being a really good receiving threat, and I think he could only get better at only 26 years old. But Eric Ebron, he's 27. Um, just, what, two seasons ago, I want to say, he, I don't know if he led the NFL, but he led tight ends for sure um, in touchdown and receiving touchdowns with 
Uh, 13. 13, yeah. yeah. 13 receiving touchdowns in 2018. Made the Pro Bowl. Comes back this season. Three touchdown receptions. So uh, that's just some of the inconsistency you talked about. Was very inconsistent in Detroit. Um, But he also, in 2018, played with Andrew Luck and then turns around and, you know, doesn't have Andrew Luck in 2019, as we all know. So with a good quarterback, you know, could, you know, could he – be a good player. Maybe he needs a quarterback to make him great. But you know, if you are one of those contending teams with a good quarterback, you know, would you take a chance on Ebron? Uh, I, I feel like a lot of that would come down to price, asking price, because I mean, we you know, we also saw him spend four years in Detroit to start his career, played with Matt Stafford, and he put up decent numbers there for a tight end. But at the same time, it just always felt like he was a little underwhelming in, in comparison to his potential. So, I mean, that monster year in 2018 with Andrew Luck, he was targeted 110 times, which was uh, by far the most in his career. Um, Last year, that was cut in half, basically. He only got targeted 52 times last year. So, I don't know if that was due to, you know, their scheme that they were running or if Brissett just wasn't targeting him as much as Andrew Luck was. I'm not sure, but I can tell you he does have a reputation as being a guy that uh, can be a little pouty when things aren't going his way and that... you know, can maybe get a little lackadaisical when it comes to giving effort sometimes if things aren't, you know, going going perfectly for him. So that's not a good reputation to have. But, I mean, like I said, depending on price, though, I think that talent's definitely in there. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't completely shy away from looking at him as far as, uh, you know, adding him to the roster. Yeah, well, like I said, if I'm a team with a good quarterback who I feel like uh, can make other players around him, you know, good or great, I'd, I'd think about taking a chance on Ebron, as long as the price is right. Um, two other names that I want to talk about while we're here. I ask you about this all the time. It's kind of like a, a running joke at this point. But uh, Jordan Reed, I talk about this in fantasy a lot. Like uh, he's been a good fantasy player at portions, you know, at times during his, during his career. He's currently a free agent. He's been in a concussion protocol. Seems like his entire career. <laughs> he's 30 he's 30 years old now um, but we've seen the flashes time and time again but it's just can he stay healthy um, would you ever you know if you're any team would you take a chance on Jordan Reed or is he just completely not, off your radar no I'm not taking any chances on Jordan Reed if he wants to come in and, and accept like a backup role and you know you know he's not going to get paid much at right, this point yeah. it would be something low I mean with his injury history but yeah I'm not I'm not giving him starting tight end money no way and I definitely wouldn't rely on him to be a starting tight end but like I said if he was uh, it would have to be a one year deal obviously <laughs> right right and if he was willing to come in and be like a backup uh, tight end or you know just a guy that you could throw on the field and like 12 personnel, you know, some two tight end sets. I, I would do that. You know, I mean, I, we know he's talented when he's on the field, he contributes, but it's funny because the little uh, note here on this, uh, on this profile for him says the first, the very first line is Jordan Reed finally cleared concussion protocol recently. Like we're in March. Like when did he clear yeah. it? <laughs> he cleared it in February. I don't know. But. He spent the whole season in concussion protocol this past season, and that, that, there's been other multiple seasons where he was, you know, dealing with concussions and other various injuries. But there's been, uh, man, there's been times even in your league. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I played him one game out of the season, and he ended up getting like twenty something points. And I was like, yeah, this is Jordan Reed in a nutshell, you know. Like, I just happened to play him, 
because I think my tight end got hurt or something. There was something happened to where, you know, I had to go with a, a hit, or, hit or miss, boomer bust guy, whatever you want to call it. And he was my pick. And he got me that game, that one game I, I needed him. I never played him again, but it was just <laughs> interesting, you know, how Jordan Reed is because there's times where he shows flashes of, of that talent. Um, yeah, so I just would love to see him stay healthy for a full season and see what he could do, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, people talk about this a lot. I talked about I had this um, debate with someone on social media. They said it's the NFL. All players get injured. Um, everybody gets injured in football. Well, yeah, that's true, but I my argument with that: some players get injured more than others. I mean, I have to say it, some players are just injury prone. It is what it is. Jordan Reed's one. Um, Luke Luke Keekley's another guy, which mm-hmm. he ended up having to retire. Just you know, some guys are just injury prone. So that's where we're at with Jordan Reed. He's only thirty years old. I, I wish him good health, and hopefully, you know, if he stays healthy, maybe he can make a noise somewhere. Um, last name I want to talk about: Jason Witten. Uh, he's been. It's been said that. Um, I, it's not looking like the Cowboys are going to bring him back at this point, but he said he still wants to play, um, would play elsewhere. Would you look, Would you see anybody picking up Jason Witten at age 38? Given his, you know, his skills at, you know, blocking from the tight end position, I think he would definitely find a spot. That'd be unfortunate, though, you know, because when you think Jason Witten, you think, you think as, Dallas, you know, aside from uh, bad, you know, Monday Night Football commentating, you think right. Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, I, I would rather him just to retire personally. But, you know, if, if, if continuing to play is what he wants, I, I think that there was a, there's going to be a team that would give him a shot. You know, if nothing else, just to be like a, you know, goal line blocker or something, you know, short yardage blocker, you know, if nothing else. Yeah, so uh, Jason Wayden, you know, uh, I don't know if I would pick him up if I were any team. Uh, as far as a blocker, yeah. And then also – I will say on third downs, he's just one of those guys that knows he doesn't, you know, get separation, but he knows how to use his body, and, and he damn sure will catch that football. So I mean, um, you, can use, you can use him for a couple of different things, but you know, I would use him in you know multiple tight end sets, but nothing more than that. So we'll leave the tight end position there. Those are some few names as far as the tight end goes. Move on offensive line here. We'll start off with the offensive tackles, which is the real money position, uh, one of the most important positions in the game, period. Uh, some names we have here, um, 32-year-old Anthony Costanza of, um, from the Colts, um, free agent from the Colts, uh, Jack Conklin from the Titans, which has been linked to the Browns. Um, I've seen multiple um Sites linking the Browns to Jack Conklin. Um, he's only 26. Uh, got him as the number two old tackle here. Then uh, Brian Belaga of the Packers, 31 years old. Jason Peters, uh, a veteran, um, been a very good player, but has had some injuries, 38 years old. Then um, DJ Humphreys with the Cardinals, only 26. Matt Feeler of the Steelers, 28 years old. Um, so, who are some names that you look at uh, initially um, and you like uh, as far as this offensive tackle class? I believe uh, Humphreys re-signed, right? Didn't he re-sign with the Cardinals? Oh, yeah. Cardinals? He re-signed with the Cardinals three years, $45 million. Yeah, so, right. so, Humphreys is off the books here, yeah. Yeah, the offensive tackle, that's the that's the position I'm paying the most attention to in the free agency this year because that's the biggest need for my team. We really need 
offensive tackles on both sides of the ball in Cleveland. And um, Jack Conklin, like you mentioned, has been rumored to be a, a target for the Browns, and that's my uh, my top target. You know, that's that's who out of anybody, regardless of position, that's who I hope they sign the most. Being only 20, 25 years old, has already uh, his former eighth overall pick has already made an, been an All Pro. Uh, he's expected to get a around a four-year deal worth $70 million. So that's a pretty steep price. But I mentioned the Browns' uh, cap situation. They've got, a, they've got a little bit of money to play with right now. So, uh, you know, hopefully, um, as, as just a fan, I'm hoping that they sign either Conklin or if not him, I would also, you know, I'd take, I'd take either Costanzo or Balaga also. We just need somebody to fill that gap, man, because you, you don't want two rookies – starting at tackles on your offensive line and it's presumed that the Browns will draft a tackle with their first round pick so it'd be nice to have a veteran to be on the other side of him preferably on the left side and you know bring up that that rookie slowly on the right side that'd be ideal for me but so yeah we got Conklin uh, Balaga like you mentioned he was the 23rd ranked offensive lineman uh, like out of all positions including guards and centers he was 23rd ranked O-lineman according to PFF and then Jason Peters was actually a 10th-ranked offensive lineman, which is incredible, you know, given his uh, his age, being 38 years old. So uh, you got to expect some regression there as far as Peter goes, probably. But, I mean, on a one- or two-year deal, I can see, a, a, like, a contending team maybe giving him just, like, a, a cheaper, short-term type of deal to bring him in and hopefully, you know, help out their offensive lines. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, some things I wanted to point out, uh, the top – Ranked tackle here, Costanzo, um, he's 32 years old, and then he's already been linked uh, saying he has thought about retirement. Um, is that a guy, you know, you would actually, as good as he's been, um, would you chase a 32-year-old who's already contemplating retirement? I mean, that's a big issue as far as him and him being one of the better tackles in free agency. I mean, I'm just speaking from my team's point of view we're kind of desperate. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if he, if he commits the plan, even if it's, you know, even if he says, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do after 2020, still bring him on, man. Cause we are hurting right now at that offensive tackle position. Yeah, you ain't lying. The Browns need it. Yeah. But, uh, that's funny though. Cause I did, I actually had that written down that he had, uh, that he had been contemplating retirement. I forgot to mention that, but that's definitely a, a, uh, you know, a concern, but, if he's a, if he's ready and willing, then you know he's he could be a solid contributor on the O line for sure. Yeah, so that's 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 a big red flag as far as Costanzo, and then he's also um, older than you know the number two um, tackle on our list, Jack Conklin. So you know if you can get Con- Conklin at only twenty six years old, um, would definitely be might got to pay a little extra for that for that age factor though. Uh, Another player here that we're uh, kind of leaving off, but he's an older player, but uh, he's been very successful uh, in his career. Um, Andrew Whitworth uh, from the Saints. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, from the Rams. Um, he's a free agent as well. He's 38 years old. Uh, um, has played very well for the Rams, um, but he turns 39 in December. Um, is he somebody, you know, think it's over for him, or does he still have anything left in the tank? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, because we did see some regression from him last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was actually has been. It's like it's been a slow regression for him the past few years. I feel like uh, basically ever since the Bengals let him go. But <clears throat> for me, 
you know, like I said, just speaking from the Browns' point of view, I, I would, especially given their analytically driven front office that they've hired now, I can't really see them going after guys like um, like Whitworth or Jason Peters because, you know, it's like with these analytics guys, it's like if your age starts with a three, it doesn't matter if it's followed by a zero or a nine. You know, they're they're probably going to shy away from you a little bit. So I wouldn't expect the Browns to make a move for him. But as far as other teams around the league, I mean, offensive linemen, especially tackles. You know, kind of come at a premium, so he might find his way on somewhere. Right. Uh, I think uh, those guys, like you said, um, Peters, um, along along with uh, Whitworth, are guys. You know, if teams strike out on the big name tackles, uh, and then you don't find what you need in the draft, maybe you bring in one of those guys to help out the offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, down the line somewhere. I think I think those that's what will happen with uh, those two guys. Uh, it's kind of crazy because uh, Greg Robinson um, was actually a free agent this year. He played for y'all and was a former number two pick in the draft, only twenty seven years old, and then just gets busted with one hundred fifty seven pounds of uh, marijuana. So yeah, that's incredible. I still can't believe that story. That's crazy. He was a free agent, um, only twenty seven, so most likely could have signed, made more money, um, made. It was reported he's made thirty million dollars during over the course of his career. Uh, was, well, he made like twelve million, twelve mil last year alone. Yep, and then you know could have made more money as a free agent here, but uh, yeah, it looks like it's a wrap for his NFL career. So yeah, I just wanted to. That's interesting to point out uh, when it comes to the decisions that some people make. You know, he put a lot on the line, could have made a lot of money, has already made a lot of money, but you know, decided to go the way he went. So yeah, that's. That's how it goes um, sometimes. But, yeah, those are, are, you know, some of the top free agent tackles here. Uh, We'll move on here to the guards. Um, There are a couple good guard names here. Um, Man, multiple, multiple good guards. Who do you like as far as the guards go, John? Uh, We already talked about Joe Thune, so, you know, I'll skip over him. Uh, Brandon Scherf from the Redskins. Um, missed 13 games over the past two seasons, so you know there's some injury risk there. But uh, he's one of the better guards in the league. Um, I believe he ranked, yeah, here it is. He ranked 13th uh, total for offensive linemen according to PFF last year. And you know, obviously that they just go by like their own little ratings formula. So if you miss games, it doesn't really impact that much. But obviously, availability is you know sometimes the best ability. So he's got to he's got to be able to figure that out. But if he can stay healthy and be on the field, that's a uh, definitely a strong option. And then uh, you got Graham Glasgow also from the from the Lions, who's a uh, he's got some uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? He's uh, interchangeable. We'll go with that. He's interchangeable. He can play multiple positions on the offensive line. So um, you know. With him also one of the better one of the better interior linemen in the league, so he could be looking for a big payday. I'm not sure if the Lions will be looking in to re-sign him. I'm not sure what their uh, cap situation is, but that'd be a solid get though for a lot of teams for sure. Yeah, I, looking at it deeper, I, I really only like the top, maybe the top three guys as as far as guards go. Um, I, I like Thune, but uh, as we talked about, Patriots O lineman. I mean, I. I just don't know uh, if it's – I've seen a lot of them get paid. I just – you know, I'm not sold on their old linemen translating to other teams. Uh, Tom Brady's one of the fastest quarterbacks at getting the ball out. So, 
I don't know about Dooney if I would be, you know, really excited about paying him big bucks. He is only 27, though. I like Brandon Sheriff. Um, Talented player, was drafted high in the first round, but like you said, injury history, um, that's the biggest thing, Um, especially when it comes to O-line. You want players that are going to be available, be able to be there to protect your quarterback every week. Um, He's 29 years old already, which is – he must have been at Iowa for a long time because it doesn't seem like he's been in NFL. I feel like everybody that, that comes from Iowa is yeah. like 28 before they get yeah, like he's already 20. They're all doctors or something. I don't know. Which is weird because he's just uh, – this is just um, – he's just getting off of his rookie deal. Right. And he's already 29, which is crazy. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> so, yeah, Brandon Sheriff, uh, very talented player, though, but, yeah, injury history. Then um, – the biggest thing about uh, Glasgow can you know has the flexibility, like you said, can play guard or center. You love guys like that, um, and that will fit a number of different teams because everybody needs a guy who, like you said, can be flexible. So I love the the top three guys, um, you know, and they they can fit in a number of different places. Um, another name here that's a free agent who's been a good a good guard in the past. Uh, Previously in San Francisco, and then this just this past season, uh, Mikey Potty uh, of the Seahawks. Only thing is, he's 33 now, or he turns 33 in May, rather. Um, so you can see some regression soon. Um, but he's been a very good run blocker um, in the past, so he's a player I could see. You know, for one of those teams that want to pound the ball, um, he's a player I could see fitting into that into that mode. Uh, if you want to ground and pound, Mikey Potty is one of the best, you know, guards at doing that for you. So I could see him getting, um, you know, signing with someone. I, I don't know. He may end up re-signing in Seattle because that's the game they like to play, you know, the ground and pound and play action with Russ. So he may end up staying in Seattle. But I like him for teams that like to run the ball. The Cowboys actually um, don't know what they're going to do with uh, – Looney, who was their guard last year. So, I mean, I, I could even see him fitting in Dallas as far as teams that like to run the ball. So, um, I don't really like much of these other names as far as guards go. Uh, so, we'll move on here to the center list um, offensive line-wise. Are there any names you like as far as centers go, John? The center is uh... – not really as deep as the other two positions when it comes to the free agent class this year. Um, we do have the number one ranked center, according to waterfootball.com, is Connor McGovern from the Broncos. Uh, he's an, he's another guy that can go between center and guard, uh, but he did play center last year for the Broncos. And um, he rated on PFF, he finished with a 71.9 rating, which isn't, I mean, that's above average, but it's kind of like, you know, he's just a guy. You know, he's not really anything special, basically, is what that means, but... Uh, and then number two, it's kind of the same thing with Matt Skira, his number two ranked center, 68.7 rating on PFF. I mean, and, and it's just kind of the same with all of these guys. You know, they're just kind of all on the same level. It's just above average. You know, they might be solid, but not really any anybody that's going to command too much money. Um, these guys might get signed without news even breaking. You know what I mean? Like, we won't even realize. We'll just, yeah. We won't think, even know until Madden comes out, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, offensive line is kind of one of those positions, you know. They, I mean, most – the average fan, if it's not your team, you're, you're most likely not going to know another team's starting guard, center, something like that, you know, because you don't see those guys. They don't get the 
notoriety, nothing like that. That's a pretty much how I feel about this center class. I mean, maybe some good players, but just not players that people are too familiar with. Um, Ted Karras, center from the Patriots. You know, uh, Patriots players always end up getting paid in free agency, so I'm sure he will as well. Um, Mascara, like you said, the Ravens had one of the best running games in football last year. So uh, someone like that, you know, that played center for uh, a good rushing team like that could definitely, you know, end up getting paid in free agency, in free agency especially at only 27 years old. Uh, these guys may not get the big contracts, but, you know, they could be very good players. Um, but, yeah, just not players that – we're very familiar with. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. So, right. um, that's basically where we're at with the the offensive line class. So there's some good tackles, a couple good guards. The center class is it's a little slow for the centers. Um, so if you need uh, centers, you might want to look in the draft instead. Uh, it's looking like, um, but that's where we're at as far as um, free agents on the offensive side of the ball. We've covered the entire offensive side of the ball. So next week we'll do the entire defensive side of the ball, trying to get in this um, this whole free agent class. So you'll know some of the names um, before free agency um, kicks in. You know, in the next uh, what are we looking at ten days here, free agency kicks off on the um, basically the sixteenth. So less than ten days, we're looking at uh, hitting free agency. So we'll try to hit the whole defensive class next week. Um, yeah, before we move on real quick, I'll just bring this up since it's relevant. Uh, we just spoke about this guy. Um, the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Seahawks, I just saw this on my phone, are all expected to pursue Austin Hooper. So that'd be a, that'd be a real solid gift for Aaron Rodgers if he ended up in Green Bay. That'd be a nice little addition to their offense for sure. I don't see how Green Bay would have that type of money. But I don't either, and that's, that's the reason why I didn't list them initially. They paid Rodgers. They paid uh, Darius Smith. They ended up paying Preston Smith last offseason. Actually, yeah, I did list them initially. Never mind, so <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I think uh, Rodgers definitely needs more weapons. Um, besides, outside of Devontae Adams, it's just like, who do you go to? Who can you count on? Fantasy-wise, in real life, you just can't count on those other guys in Green Bay, so they definitely need a little upgrade on weapons. And uh, tight end, they, they could definitely use an upgrade tight end-wise. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I mean, he's probably um, eligible to get cut at this point yeah, without probably. much damage being done. He's been getting – He's. I want to say he's – might be the top one or two tight ends – um, Money-wise, um, as far as getting paid in the game, which is terrible because their production is just not there uh, to go along with it. So Yeah, and if that's the case, I mean, that would make sense as why they're uh, showing interest in Hooper because, I mean, as of now, they're sitting with a little over 20 mil in cap space. But if they can get his number off the books and, you know, and add those. sign Hooper to right. something comparable. Yeah. They yeah. Might only, if they're looking at it that way, then it might only cost them an extra, you know, 2 or $3 million at that point. So right. that would be a decent fit for them, I think. Yeah, not a bad look uh, as far as Austin Hooper. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to more free agency next week. Um, yeah, but with that being said, we've run out of time um, for this episode, episode 12 of In the Field Podcast. Um, like we said, we'll do more draft uh, coverage next week on the defensive side of the ball, as well as we'll try to get in our um, our little mock draft here, In the Field Podcast. At least we'll do a top 10, maybe more. Uh, we'll try to get you that next Sunday as well. Um, like I said, that's all the time we have. 
on episode 12. As always, go to theitfpodcast.com to listen to this episode, as well as all previous episodes. Previous episodes can be found under the podcast tab. Um, Also, uh, I know we've been slacking on the blog, so we're going to get on that, I promise you. Go to the blog section um, and look out for those blogs coming soon. Um, You can listen on Apple, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio. We're available everywhere. And if we're not, uh, let us know and we'll get it available. Um, Go to our website, scroll down, and click the links for that. Um, Thanks for the support, guys, as always. Until next time, peace.